Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Mondays, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Right off the top, it's been a good day for your boy. If you own Twitter stock, which frankly I've owned for a very long time, uh, then you have made a decent amount of money today. We'll get to Elon Musk making a run at Twitter here momentarily. But first, right off the top, salute to Coach K for an incredible 42-year career, effectively, 40-some-odd-year career, two generations. Um, And it's amazing, he ended his tenure against UNC 50-50. and He won 50 games, he lost 50, and I hope you guys were watching on Saturday night as UNC took down big shot from Caleb Love, the uh, three-pointer there to go up four and effectively end that game such that UNC beat Coach K twice. Once his final game at Cameron Indoor and then in the final four uh, against Coach K, Hubert Davis, monster win. If you are a UNC Tar Heel fan, It doesn't get much better than this. You vanquished the man who has been your arch nemesis for the past 40 years. If you're my age, basically you never knew an era of college basketball when Coach K was not the uh, coach of Duke. He basically has been coaching Duke as long as I have effectively been alive. And uh, what a double win for UNC, who tonight is playing against Kansas and attempting to equal Villanova by being the highest-seeded team. Villanova won back, I believe, in 1985, pulled off the upset over Georgetown and Patrick Ewing. Uh, If you uh, remember that game, you got that awkward pass uh, from Georgetown, went to Villanova. Villanova played under, I believe, Raleigh Massimino, the greatest game maybe in the championship relative to their overall ability ever to win the national title as an eight seed. You will have eight seed UNC, although they don't have the talent, let's be honest, of an eight seed. They have the talent of a top 20 team for sure going head-to-head with Kansas as Bill Self attempts to win his second title. First title, I believe I'm correct in all these details. I don't have them in front of me right now. Bill Self won was over the big comeback against, sorry Memphis fans, and John Calipari in the national championship game. Uh, Kansas is around a four-point favorite. I'm on Fox Bet Live here in about two hours, and we will be breaking down this game in earnest. But right now, go to fanduel.com slash clay. That is fanduel.com slash clay. I am on UNC. I'm on UNC plus the points, and I'm on the over. I think it's going to be an exciting game tonight, uh, tipping off around 9.15-ish tonight, uh, Eastern time. Yes, that is real, that late night start. Uh, I am on UNC plus the points and the over 
in this game tonight. Uh, And so it should be an interesting game. I wonder on some level, and I tweeted this out right after the game, given what happened in the UNC-Duke game, and let me just say this, by the way, as well, can we stop with all of the awful angles that they feel compelled to show us during the Final Four to demonstrate how many cool cameras they have? Nobody wants the crazy camera angles. We don't want it to look like we're playing a video game. We don't want to watch from up up above the regular standard camera shot of the basketball court works fantastically well all the time. We just need a normal shot of the court. Stop with breaking in all of these ridiculous angles and all of these ridiculous shots. Nobody likes them. Just give us the regular shots. But I do wonder this. Do you really think as competitive as Coach K is that he's not in some way contemplating coming back for another year? I say that in the context of what we just saw from Tom Brady. Tom Brady retired. He was comfortable being retired for 41 days. Yes, Coach K may like the idea in theory of being retired right now. But in a couple of months, is he not going to miss getting ready for another basketball season? I'm sure everybody's tired and burned out by the time you get to early April and you get to the Final Four. But by the time you get to May, by the time you get to June, you take the family vacation, summer is ending, kids get back on campus and start working on uh, on another fall. Come August, come July, as he gets into that rhythm of what would ordinarily be the basketball season, come October when you can start practicing, is Coach K really not going to have a FOMO, a fear of missing out, particularly given the way that his career is ending with back-to-back losses to his hated UNC Tar Heels, obviously also a mixed-in loss to Virginia Tech in the ACC championship game as well. Those were the three final losses of Coach K's career. I just wonder whether we could have a Tom Brady-like situation where a hyper-competitive coach like Mike Krzyzewski thinks, I hate to hang up the whistle and ride off into the sunset like this. Could there be a possibility that he wants to come back for another year? I'm just tossing it out. Speaking of coming back for another year, Tiger Woods at the Masters. I don't want to jinx it because until he effectively tees off on Thursday... There's a lot to be required. I've been to the Masters, one of the great opportunities to be able to walk all over those grounds. I will say the thing that impressed me the most about the Masters, aside from how beautiful it was and how affordable everything was on the the golf course, the thing that impressed me the most was actually how up and down and rolling the terrain was at Augusta. Because if you spend all day walking all over that golf course, what you recognize is there is a physical aspect, even though you're not carrying your golf clubs, there is a physical aspect to being at the Masters on Thursday, Friday, certainly if you move into the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. The reason why I bring that up, is Tiger Woods physically going to be able to walk that much all over the golf course such that he's able to potentially make the cut? I don't think so. I hope Tiger tees off on Thursday 
but I will be astounded if he has the physical wherewithal already to make the cut. Say nothing. I think he's 80 to 1 at FanDuel. By the one, by the way, go get your bets in on the national title game tonight. FanDuel.com slash Clay. <clears throat> Up to $1,000 no risk. FanDuel.com slash Clay. But I will be very surprised if Tiger has the physicality, if he is healthy enough to be able to make the cut going to Saturday, Sunday. I hope he can. Uh, I love the Tiger Woods comeback story. This would be a comeback of all comebacks given how severely he was injured in that traffic accident out in uh, Palos Verdes, uh, outside of LA, uh, southern side of Los Angeles, for those of you who have spent time out there. Uh, I hope that he is able to come back. But man, uh, fingers crossed that he's going to be able to tee off on Thursday. He is there, able to go. I want to talk about this. Bravo, bravo, bravo to Elon Musk. Uh, Twitter stock is up substantially right now after news came out that Elon Musk has bought at least 73.5 million shares of Twitter. That represents 9.2% of the company. Elon Musk now is the largest shareholder in Twitter. This comes on the heels of Elon putting out a poll which over a million people voted in, asking whether or not Twitter was truly a free marketplace of ideas. Uh, 70% of people said it was not. They are correct in my opinion. Twitter has become a far left-wing echo chamber and they are banning people like the Babylon Bee for sharing things that are satirical jokes and what is and what is not considered to be acceptable is a constantly shifting terrain And the people who end up caught up in Twitter bans and in Twitter restrictions, by and large, by and large, tend to be on the right side of the political equation. Now, I don't know what Elon effectively is going to do. If you watch or listen to my programming, you just follow me on Twitter, you read OutKick, you know that I have been arguing that it is imperative for free speech to exist in the marketplace of ideas in the overall Twitter sphere. Now, there are people out there, mostly blue checkmark brigades, that have been saying, well, it's a private company. It can do whatever it wants. Well, that's not true, right? Even private companies are restricted by all sorts of American laws. But it's going to be interesting whether those same blue checks, given that Elon Musk may attempt to make a run at owning Twitter, are going to have that same opinion if he implements truly wide-open First Amendment policies which potentially have a negative impact on the blue checkmark brigade members and their ability to curtail the speech of people they disagree with. Remember, I always emphasize this because I think it's important. There's a difference between disagreeing with someone, which I think is healthy. People can argue with me and my opinions all day long. There's a difference between disagreeing with someone and saying, I disagree with you and you don't have the right to have your opinion. The first part of that is the marketplace of ideas. It's the best thing that exists in the world today. It is the lifeblood of our First Amendment. And cancel culture, which is the difference between saying, I disagree with you, which is the marketplace of ideas. Cancel culture is, I disagree with you and you don't have the right to be able to share your opinion. That is cancel culture. Twitter has far too much cancel culture right now. Okay? So, question for Elon Musk is, Are you going to try and buy control of the company? Are you going to try and go talk to 
large equity stakeholders in Twitter and make a case as for why your ownership of the company would be better, are you going to demand a certain number of seats on the board? By the way, I'd be happy to volunteer myself to sit on the Twitter board. I've had Twitter stock for over a decade. I believe in the First Amendment and boobs, by the way. And I believe that Twitter does not accurately embrace the marketplace of ideas right now and they need to do a better job of equality in terms of perspectives. Now, there's also a major issue still going forward with Hunter Biden and what I believe was the collusion of big tech. All of this, Elon Musk could have a substantial impact on. Elon Musk is worth around $300 billion. Twitter right now is worth around $40 billion, meaning that Elon Musk would need about $20 billion worth of stock to potentially buy up uh, all of the, the ownership share. But he could also have other associates who are buying up percentages of Twitter. He could have uh, the big equity funds that have a large stake in Twitter. I'm genuinely intrigued to see what Elon Musk will put out there about the reason why he has so far bought 9.2% of the company. And by the way, he may have well so bought far more than 9.2% of the company so far. Oftentimes, these SEC filings come way behind on the heels of what activity has actually been undertaken in terms of the acquisition of shares. Again, this was a date, I believe, of March the 14th on this SEC filing. And given the fights that Elon Musk has had with the SEC over the years, Securities and Exchange Commission, not the uh, Southeastern Conference, by the way, We'll have to see what exactly is going to come forward here. But bravo, Elon Musk. Keep buying. I want you to have control of this company. And I believe American uh, First Amendment and marketplace of ideas values would be tremendously impacted in a positive way if you continue to buy and continue to have more influence at Twitter. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And right after that, we'll continue the discussion, but first... A momentary break. I want to talk about this hypocrisy of Colin Kaepernick. I don't know how many of you watched the clip that I put out on Twitter earlier. If we can embed that clip into this analysis, I think it would be helpful for people who may see it later. Uh, But Colin Kaepernick, six months ago, in his Netflix documentary special, argued that NFL players are the equivalent of modern-day slaves. And if you haven't seen the clip, He equated the NFL Combine, where they measure your height and weight and all of those different aspects, he equated the NFL Combine to modern-day slavery. He turned the NFL players into slaves and argued that that's effectively what's going on. Now, it's absurd because everybody goes to the NFL Combine. Everybody gets poked and prodded at the NFL Combine because teams are deciding whether to invest, potentially, tens of millions of dollars in these athletes and they want to know as much as possible about them before they make that massive investment. Makes sense to me from a purely business perspective. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember very many slaves 
becoming hundred millionaires by playing uh, their sport, uh, i.e. by being involved in slavery. I also don't remember slavery being voluntary. I don't remember you being able to hold out if you weren't paid enough money. This is such a ludicrous argument that anyone with a functional brain who has in any way defended Colin Kaepernick should be embarrassed by that choice that they've made. But Colin Kaepernick, six months ago, NFL players are all slaves. It's modern-day slavery. They have no freedom. This is the equivalent of being on a plantation. Now, Colin Kaepernick showed up at Michigan's spring game and threw on the field during the game and then after the game begged for an NFL team to sign him. So what exactly is going on here? Is Colin Kaepernick now arguing, as it appears that he certainly is, that he wants to be a slave again? Colin Kaepernick, six months ago, Netflix documentary, all NFL players are slaves. This is the equivalent of modern-day slavery. Now he's begging to be a slave. He's begging for an opportunity to be uh, a member of the NFL's slaves. It doesn't make any sense at all. This is what you have to understand about the essence of Colin Kaepernick. He isn't even capable of making a coherent or logical, consistent argument about what he is advocating for. It's why he's done almost no interviews. It's why he rarely, if ever, speaks to the media in any way because he does not have a sophisticated enough understanding of anything. And so people who have argued in favor of Colin Kaepernick, which is the vast majority of the sports media, have actually embarrassed themselves over the way that they are behaving. Speaking of embarrassing themselves, you see LeBron James came out with an April Fool's joke where he said he was finished for the season and he was out until the fall. And then the Lakers went and lost to the Pelicans. And then the Lakers also went and lost to the Nuggets. So LeBron James may not understand April Fool's jokes, but an April Fool's joke is supposed to be untrue. It's supposed to not have a basis in fact. LeBron James instead made a joke that his season was over, then set out in the game against uh, the Nuggets, and the Lakers are now two and a half games back from even being able to make the play-in round. For those of you who haven't been paying attention to the NBA, which I would imagine is the vast majority of you right now, the top 10 teams in the East and the top 10 teams in the West make the playoffs. There are only 30 teams in the NBA. So they play 82 games and only manage to eliminate 10 teams from being able to make the postseason. And guess what the Lakers are in the space of right now? Not even being able to finish in the top 10 in the Western Conference. LeBron is about to miss the playoffs completely even though the NBA has expanded the playoffs to the point where almost everybody is in it, the Lakers are two and a half games back of the San Antonio Spurs with four to play. I believe they have lost six games in a row now. And LeBron is making April Fool's jokes, which are actually not jokes at all. They are legitimately the truth. It appears the Lakers and LeBron are done and the Spurs are close to ending uh, the Lakers' opportunity to make the playoffs at all. 
Did you see this? I want to give credit to British women cyclists. Now, I know nothing, to be fair, about British women cycling. Or, to be fair, really about cycling at all. I don't really know anything about cycling. I bike very rarely and not particularly well, only on the beach, right? Uh, We've got the place down on the beach. It's all flat. Families go out and they bike all the time. That is pretty much the only time I ever bike. And I'm never biking very fast, and, uh, and, and, but just FYI. So I know nothing about biking. But I do acknowledge that allowing biological men to compete against women in any sport undercuts the entire purpose of women's athletics. And we saw this in women's swimming. And I give credit to Riley Gaines from the University of Kentucky who came on the Clay and Buck show and spoke out against allowing... Uh, biological men to compete against women. But I give incredible credit to these British women's bikers who said, we are not going to compete if a biological man is allowed to compete against us. And so they have decided to sit out and as a result, the British cycling group said, okay, we are not going to allow uh, in any way, we are not going to allow a biological man to compete against women. This is the way, ladies. I'm. It's unfortunate. It's not ideal. But I feel as if the only real way that women can take back control of women's sports is by refusing to compete against biological men who are identifying as women. So I give credit to the British uh, cyclist here. I think it's a story going forward. Uh, Shannon Sharp. Did you see that Shannon Sharp put out a tweet saying that he would rather pay $20 for every gallon of gas than have Donald Trump be president again. Now, Shannon Sharp, fantastic tight end. I think that uh, that in general, talented guy in the world of sports media. Awful, awful, disastrous argument here. It's easy, and I try to think about this all the time now that I'm a rich guy, It's easy when you're a rich guy to forget about what normal, everyday people who are trying to make sure that they can handle their family lives have to go through when gas prices skyrocket. And look, it wasn't very long ago that I was sitting around like, oh man, am I ever going to make enough money to take care of my family in sports media? As recently as 11, 12 years ago, I, right before I started OutKick, I was unsure. I was making $40,000 a year doing a local radio show uh, when I lost my job at FanHouse. I had two young kids. I was terrified about whether I was going to be able to take care of those kids. And uh, I had to make a decision about what made sense going forward. I started OutKick in the fall, in the summer of 2011. And over the last decade plus, I've worked harder than ever before, probably harder than anybody else in media, period. Certainly anybody else in sports media. And as a result, I now am taken care of, my family's taken care of for generations into the future. That's the truth. But it is crazy to me that anyone would argue in favor of $20 gas over any presidential candidate. Whether you're a Democrat, Republican, or an Independent, $20 gas, if it ever actually occurred, would destroy this nation's economy 
and it would destroy the economies all over the world. I would rather have any president than $20 gas. I'd rather have a Democrat. I'd rather have a Republican. I'd rather have an independent. So this anti-Donald Trump rhetoric breaks the brains of many different people out there where they're willing to embrace wildly hyperbolic and awful for the country results just so they can get their points in as it pertains to something like this. It is illogical. It is nonsensical. It is absolutely crazy to make an argument in favor of $20 gas over any American presidential candidate, period. Um, Speaking of wasting money, the Secret Service right now is paying $30,000 a month to protect Hunter Biden in his Malibu home. Hunter Biden, despite the fact that he evidently has owed millions of dollars in back taxes, got paid $4.8 million from China, is somehow living in a $20,000 a month mansion. And he has Secret Service protection and the Secret Service has had to take out a $30,000 mansion uh, to rent in order to protect Hunter Biden. This Hunter Biden story has blown up the Washington Post, New York Times, CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN. Everybody is suddenly covering the story the New York Post broke from 18 months ago. What I want you to think about is this. The big question that should be asked is, what did Joe Biden know about his son's behavior? And given the fact that there is a grand jury investigation that is currently underway, I believe Joe Biden may well be subpoenaed to testify in his son Hunter's grand jury investigation. And if that occurs, will Joe Biden and his attorneys attempt to quash that subpoena or will he be willing to testify? That is a question that should be asked in the White House press briefings today, tomorrow, every day going forward uh, because it is an integral one as it pertains to Joe Biden's knowledge or lack thereof of the behavior of Hunter Biden and his brothers. Finally, finally, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City. The mayor of New York City is getting a lot wrong. I had high hopes for Eric Adams. So far, he's not really living up to them because I thought he can't be any worse than Bill de Blasio. Eric Adams right now is forcing the only people in New York City who have to wear masks right now are kids ages 2 to 4, 2 to 5, who are in pre-K. Let me repeat this, like preschool. The only people required in all of New York City right now to wear masks are kids ages 2 to 5. These are the people that are least at risk from COVID in the entire country. So this is madness purely from a scientific-based perspective. There is no way to justify kids ages 2 to 5 being required to wear masks. Period. As if that is not bad enough, with everything that is going wrong in New York City right now, 6.9% of the population of Manhattan left, biggest loss in population of any city in America over the last year. Uh, Many of those people have relocated to Florida because Florida is, not surprisingly, a free state. And all of that is rolling in here 
and becoming a issue such that Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, has now decided they are going to fund billboards encouraging gay people to leave Florida and move back to New York. Now, I don't believe there is a single real person. I mean, real person. Because somebody, as Buck pointed out on the show, somebody might decide for Twitter purposes to be like, you know what, I saw these billboards and I decided to move back to New York City. So maybe somebody will do that for attention. But I don't believe that anybody is going to make a decision to leave Florida to go back to New York. First of all, Florida, in my experience, very welcoming of the gay community. Miami is filled with huge populations of gay people. It's why that city is one of the most vibrant in all of America because they welcome everybody. Miami, by the way, I believe has a Republican mayor uh, who has done a great job down there. Um, But as you look, and I think there's a good chance, by the way, I think there's a good chance, pay attention to this coming up in about six months, there's a good chance Ron DeSantis is going to win more votes in Miami-Dade County than whoever the uh, Democrat is. Pay attention to this. I think it'll be really interesting to follow. But as you move through the state of Florida, what you will find is the people who are moving there are overwhelmingly doing so to embrace freedom. Ron DeSantis is going to win in Florida. He's going to run up the score on whoever the Democrat is. And that is going to be an eye-opening experience because... In the wake, I believe, this is a prediction, in the wake of what happens in November of this year in Florida, I believe far from people relocating and moving back to New York, there's no state income tax in Florida. People who have moved to Florida overwhelmingly love it. I believe what is going to end up happening is Florida is going to come off the board as a toss-up state. Ron DeSantis, following up on Trump's comfortable win, relatively speaking, in 2020, in 2024, is going to make it quite clear that Florida is off the board as a toss-up state that is going to help decide elections going forward. I think Florida is close to becoming the capital of the uh, Republican Party. Got Trump there, DeSantis there, Marco Rubio there. Lots of different moving parts worth paying attention to Uh, going forward. All right. I love all of you. Thank you to Elon Musk for buying 73.5 million shares, 9.2% of the overall Twitter company. I appreciate all of you. Uh, We'll always be live all week long on Clay and Buck. I will be live on Fox Bet Live in right about one hour and 20 minutes on FS1. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. This has been Outkick, the show.